0: Today on Worst Ever, we have an actress by the name of Stacy Keenan. Love her. You probably know Stacy Keenan um, from My Two Dads. I do. Which is where I fell in love with Stacy Keenan when I was probably mm, 8 or 9 years old.
1: Like lesbianic style?
0: No, like oh. like I really wanted her to be my sister in real life. Cut two. Cut two. Then she became my quasi sister. Step. Step sister. On right. step by step. Um the other thing I remember Stacey in was a movie called Lisa, which we're gonna talk about today because it was it was with Cheryl Ladd, played her mother, and she it was like a really scary, kind of horrific movie for any child to be watching. <laughs> but for some reason it just like really resonated with me and I watched it over and over again.
1: See, and I'm more interested in hearing about her new career.
0: As yeah, she she has made a very significant transition in her life, um, from being an actor to being a prosecutor that's right she's a lawyer so yeah. we're going to talk about the differences.
1: I love Nancy Grace
0: i not don't think she's
1: I know but still I want to talk a little Nancy
0: Grace okay anyway sit back relax go back to the 90s a little bit and uh, enjoy our conversation with Stacey Keenan
1: bombshell unleash the
0: lawyers the worst moments of our life
1: hey girl hey that's bad
0: uh, so speaking of like worst ever experiences That is the
1: worst ever
0: I don't feel so good And that was my worst
1: How so bad can I be?
0: And we feel the pain is best or sort of funny Welcome to the Worst Ever Podcast I'm Christine Lakin And I'm a lot Are you God, sure? I'm who are sure. you today? Yeah, who is this?
1: Guy? We're having mimosas So it's gonna be a little fun
0: This is a very special episode for me uh, Because I have my old friend And former sister from a Another Mr. and Mrs. I don't know how you say it in in the biz. But anyway, uh, Stacey Keenan on the show with us today. Stacey, welcome. Oh,
2: thank you for having me. But
0: she
1: did... Okay, Before real quick, before we get into your history. Were you guys sisters like...
2: We played step step sisters. You were step-sisters. So yeah, I was Suzanne Summers' daughter right. from I was Patrick her previous marriage. And so you were a Lambert? Yes, correct. And, and I was a Foster. Foster. Mm-hmm. Got it. I love how you just know those two names. I did a little research on the step-by-step step today.
1: Okay, so then, yes. but before that, step-by-step happened. I mean, not step-by-step. My two dads was before that? Yes. Or after? Right.
2: My two dads was before that. And then I did a show in between the two that was only on for one season, and then it got canceled, and then step-by-step started.
0: But Stacy's been—I mean, you had worked in the industry since you were Four. really little. I mean, yeah. For anyone who's familiar with My Little Pony, shut it. Stacy sang the theme song to you My Did? Little Pony. That, that is a little-known fact, people. Yeah, like I, the, My Little Pony. Yes, all those... My Little Pony, you can comb her hair.
2: I think it was something like that. It was My Little Pony. Yeah, it was the same, that same melody for years. What age were you when you did that? Oh, probably... Eight to ten, maybe, because I went in all the time. I sang all of the jingles for all the spots, you know, because every every different pony, there would be a different commercial, and then I would sing the jingle.
1: Cha ching.
2: Well, and I did. I also did the um the My Little Pony movie. I sang on the soundtrack, and then eventually they fired me what? because I couldn't. They wrote a, sp- a jingle a spot with a really, really high note. It was an actual high C. And I was still a little girl. You know, my voice hadn't changed up yet, and I couldn't hit the high C, and they fired me, and they replaced me with a, like, post-pubescent girl whose voice had changed who could hit the higher notes. (laughs) Yeah, she was, like, 14 or something. What's the big deal? That's what I said, because I had been, Mattel did not agree. ...a reliable performer for years (laughs) for them. But, yeah, they canned me. And then when did you start My Judets? How old were you? 11 when we did the pilot, mm-hmm. and 12 by the time the show was picked up. Yeah, because I saw and that I, was I watched five? that show. Five years? Only three. Oh, three years? Mm-hmm.
0: My God. I loved that show so much. I watched, I, I
1: mean, I vaguely remember, <laughs> I remember, like, I can picture it, but the premise was Paul
0: Reiser, Greg Evigan. Um, they were basically, it was basically like two men and a baby, kind of. Right. But she wasn't a baby. She was like right. a tween. She knew, she yeah, was... so the
2: premise was the two of them were best, best friends. Um, I think it was best friends growing up. But anyhow, mm-hmm. they went to college together. They fell in love with the same woman. Um, she was in love with both of them. They had a huge fight over it. And then all went their separate ways because they couldn't resolve the fact that they were both in love with her. She was in love with both of them. And then she ended up, you know, being with each of them. She ends up being pregnant, and she doesn't tell either of them. Whose baby you are. Whose well, she doesn't She doesn't know, because it's all at the same time anyway. So um, then she ends up having this baby, never telling them about it. And then when the kid is 12, she dies. And in her will, she decrees that the two of them need to come back together, heal their friendship, and rape, both be parents to the kid and she insists that they not find out who the father is because she wants this kid to have a family with these two guys as her parents. So there was a lot of beef at the beginning of people saying, well, why? you know, why wouldn't they just find out who the father is? It's so easy. I don't even did, think there was what? DNA was testing say, commonly. but yeah, test? yes, like so you could still even do like a blood test, you right. know, blood type or whatever. And there was a lot of, you know, criticism about that. And it was like, no, no, all of that was very clearly set up in <laughs> right. the pilot. Of course they could find out, but they're not going to, you know, they, they still love this dead woman you know then they're not gonna disobey what she tells them that was wants. a michael jacobs show yes who
0: oh, then created Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World years?
2: 80s late 80s that's so, kind of progressive like, for the late 80s i, I feel this,
1: not well listen let's talk about progressive Te- if we're gonna talk television for a minute we've gone backwards we're so politically correct
0: now i know no it's true I we mean, think about it, like all in the family and the things i know that we're all saying. the
1: family jefferson's uh, now, yeah. my two dads who, who would have known, you know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they weren't a gay couple, no, they were straight that, but guys, still, but, but but yeah, still
1: the you know, the whole pregnant thing, whatever. Was this during the Punky Brewster times? I think,
2: mm, I think Punky might have been a little bit earlier because I remember Punky Brewster had an episode where the space shuttle mm-hmm. b- blew, blew up, up. Oh. It, and her whole class right. was watching. So, what year was that? God, I lived in Florida, I mean, I was in
1: North Carolina. I was
2: probably, like, five. I was
1: in junior high. Yeah,
2: and I remember watching Punky Brewster when we lived in New York, and we Mm -hmm. came out here for pilot season. I want to say
1: that was, like, 84. Right.
2: Right, and I think this show started in 87. Yeah. But, I mean, even then, there was an episode where Greg, you know, Greg Evigan's character, there was a lot of ladies on that show. They yeah. were always dating yeah. all these. And so many of those women went on to be, like, famous movie stars and stuff. It's funny. But anyway. Um, like who? He was, like who else was on the show? Oh, okay. Of course, now I say that and I can't think of her name. But the one that always comes first to my mind is the beautiful redhead who was married to Jim Carrey. She was on Picket oh. Fences.
1: Um. um. <laughs>
2: No, 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 you can't think of it either. But I can picture her face—super pretty. Yeah, no, you know, um, red hair, freckles.
1: Oh, she fair was, skin. She was in the movie, um, the Mask movie with Jim Carrey too, right?
2: I think so. Yeah. Oh, the ma- oh, I know what you're talking about. But ma- she was in Picket Fences where she played yeah. a cop forever. But she Ste- was one of the Steven's doing some... Steven's doing the As research. It, there was tons of these women who went, you know, had these big careers up. But because every week there was another couple of women that they were dating. But anyway, there was a scene where. Greg is in bed with a woman. And if you remember, his bed was like in the living room, right, right of this right. loft. And so um, the uh, so Paul Reiser and I, you know, we come home and he's in bed with her. Um, and Scandalous. you see him kind of spin around in the bed and you saw his entire back. Now, you didn't see his behind. You didn't see, you know, any crack or anything. But <laughs> there were advertisers who pulled their... Spot, they they left our show because you saw him in bed with a woman and you saw his whole back. And they were like, I think, um, best foods mayonnaise was one of the ones that was they done with I love, my two guys. Best foods from that point they're forward. they're very <laughs>
0: religious. Best foods, they
2: were not matter. feeling that. If they, that they at want to all. sponsor
1: this podcast, I'm with
2: it. <laughs> it's a good product,
1: I, but I'm I saying use it for my egg salad. Let me tell you right now,
2: yeah, they were not on board with the. Naked back, a man's naked back.
1: Okay, so you did that for three years, and then step-by-step yes. step happened? or did And you then just there show? was a show right. called so, Going Places.
2: Yeah, Going Places, that was on. Was right in the middle. Which I, I'm also amazed that you know that. Yeah, it was on for one season. It was the of same course, you. I mean, let's just be very clear. I feel like I made
0: this fairly clear for all the the, the small group of people that heard my speech at Stacy's post-wedding Celebration, <laughs> but I had basically tracked Stacey's career until we became sisters on Step by Step, and then I was like, "Holy <gasps> sh- fuck!" I'm, I mean, the jackpot. Oh, Stacey, you, came you, to my sister. Sister.
2: you were stepsisters. We were stepsisters, that, no, but we, we were, were real life sisters. We were, okay. Well, like okay, this is where yes. I want to
1: get to right now for just this segment. So you get this show, both of you, right? Yeah. And you hear, you know the premise. Obviously, you read the pilot, and right. whatever. And it's all these kids. How many kids are on the show? Six. Okay hold on cuz i you know i've been with women right who've had shows with just three girls and it's right. like there's drama,
2: right? No, I, we hadn't. We were dra- drama-free. We were impossible. N- I know. It no, no, impossible. it's completely we, true. It was drama-free really for it was. us. Well,
0: anyway. here's and I think here's some of the dynamic why I think now as an as an adult looking back on it. First of all, you had these two stars, right? You had Patrick Duffy, Suzanne Somers. If anyone was going to be a diva, it was going to be one of them. And they weren't. And they weren't. And they
2: got along together. Great. They really enjoyed each other. They had a great vibe, and they were just super fun and, and nice chill and. and fun friendly and joyful It's
0: like if the two biggest stars on the show aren't going to be like full of drama and they're going to be nice to everybody and happy to show up to work and responsible and on time and 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 have no
2: and diva generous, stuff
0: none then who's to say that like any kid on that show had any place they were like I wouldn't say there were it wasn't drama at all but there was like you know like we would always laugh at like brandon call because he would show up with like a different like fancy car he was like 16 and making <laughs> a lot of money right so he would always have some crazy fancy car and he had these crazy pinky rings that had like gold in them diamonds his, like in his hair back i mean yeah. we made fun of him relentlessly
2: for sure but and in he front made of fun us and too. to him and yes. he made a and lot made of fun of us, us and too. were there yes. any
1: attractions to any of the other cast members
2: not no. for me. No, it really was. I don't know. I don't think you. Well, wait a Chris minute. Chris
0: Steele had a definite crush on me.
2: Oh uh, yeah. I so can, I heard. I can see that. I think he hit it pretty well. Yeah, and he definitely didn't talk about well, it.
0: Well, and he knew that like we weren't. I mean.
2: He was so my little brother, and- right? Well, and you you dated a certain cast member.
0: Well, you can you can tell you can reveal <laughs> we, it. Yeah,
2: we yeah. we it's talked fine. about. That. We don't we don't hide. Uh, I did. Yes. I dated
0: Andrew Keegan for like two weeks. Which we just a, we but just now that's a- not the only one. Oh, look! Who else did
2: I date? Jeff Jude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah come yeah, on, Jeff Jude. <laughs> of course, of course, well, course, yeah. course of course.
1: Yeah, that's how I. That's when I met you. Is with you. I, right,
2: you, I Forgot right. about Andrew I Keegan. I wasn't even talking about that.
0: <laughs> Wait, I, I was so talking Jeff about. Jeff Jude so, was yeah. on the show. Yeah, So, so the last second to last season of our show, we go and do this. Um, Jeff Juday came on as this character. Basically, Cody had left the show. Sasha Mitchell. He had had some personal issues. That
2: was probably the it. most dramatic um, thing that ever right. happened. It we was, all, so, and and we all know And that was the only thing. Right. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: And that was, you know, he had some personal stuff and Got he it. had to go deal with that. And I think they were, you know, back, this is back in the days of like television when they were like, oh, we had a wacky character. Now that wacky character has to leave the show. We need we another, need another wacky, wacky character. character. <laughs> so they brought this guy on to play this character Flash and he worked for Frank, but he was kind of a spazoid. And Jeff. Oh, Jeff? That was Jeff. So we Jeff came on, played that.
1: I have to watch that because he's recurring. He was so. Clean cut. Oh,
0: very. Very. Yeah. Yes. And so he came on. He was on for two episodes. I thought he was super funny. He was very sweet. He's so we talked sweet. A bunch of times. You yeah. know, I was like a senior in high school. No, I was a junior in high school. And he was like 21, 22.
2: Yeah. Okay? And Fresh I thought, all your parents were like, mm, not really feeling that whole yeah. Well, no, we do. and you well, ended we up to, living with them. Well, no, we went to
0: do two episodes in Florida, which is a whole uh, the Disney.
1: Episodes. We're in
0: Disney World, yeah.
2: living at basically living, at living in the,
0: Disney World. Yeah, I'm calling it out. They I basically, together. I'm so excited because I'm you know part of that week was like my spring break week, so I didn't have to be in school. This is the other thing, like people don't understand. So when cool. you're on a TV show, you go to do something in Hawaii or you go to do something in Florida, and it sounds like it's this amazing vacation. Well, if you're in school, you're still like in some weird. Like, room, room, doing school work with your tutor. You're not just like running a muck, partying, all the time. yeah, Except No, I get for... that.
1: No, I know that. I know that lives. What I'm saying to you is, though, you had time to get have a relationship with Mr. Jujet.
0: Well, some things happened <laughs> in Florida. We ended up going to like downtown Disney one night. <laughs> I may have been the Downtown. purveyor you mean of trying, trying to. Yeah, right. Pleasure yeah. Island.
1: Yeah, mannequins.
0: We went to mannequins. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Like... <laughs> yeah, we went out. We Videopolis. went down. We I probably are. was. I will definitely say I was the one to steal some beers or try to procure beers. That was always me hiding them in yeah. my my no. baby backpack, like being a bad kid. <sighs> and I think there was some kissing that happened on the mannequins. Revolving,
2: the dance. revolving dance floor The revolving dance floor Exactly oh.
1: Mannequins I used to but sneak in But we dated the for
2: four years Yes they were They were a serious was item like my first boyfriend and that was, was able first, to happen first 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 yes Everything Yes Yes We were We He's had mine married. has
0: two children I love his wife
2: Yes, we had minders. Do you remember? We had minders. We had minders. Disney oh, minder assigned these people to us, where then they or were Beth. supposed to be with you the entire. Anytime you were not in the hotel room, they were assigned to be because with you. You were pretty much like representing Disney.
1: But you know why that is, and I'm going to tell you why. Because of the Mickey Mouse Club,
0: Wh- all what do those you mean?
1: kids went amok from the, and they learned. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So Disney
0: was like, oh, so they can't be in the clubs being like mm-hmm. crazy. Well,
2: yeah, it was while we were on property or right. whatever. You yes, have these minders right. and they wore uniforms.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. With
2: you t- know, like the girl, the women had a skirt that mm-hmm. was like you know knee t- t- length yeah. or tea <laughs> length and a like a flat shoe yep. of some sort yes. and like a little vest and with a white blouse underneath mm-hmm. and a badge. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you tried to go out without them, they would. Suddenly, they would just appear because <laughs> just other people would rat on you. Yes. People would call and be like, She's spotted right now, yeah. you know, at the candy store at Epcot right. or whatever. Yeah. And this person would just materialize. Would just, and like you were just, pop up. They're busted. like, Hello. Hello. Yeah. No, no, no. And
1: you're like, I, ah. uh, FYI, guys, I used to work at Epcot and I had to go through Morocco. Disney University because you have to go through a three day training thing where you, when I say training, it is like, no offense, I love you, Disney very culty like it's crazy the restrictions and you have to know everything and those people that you're talking about they're like in the
0: upper echelon Upper echelon. Of well that. beth who was my minder, were leads. she was not happy with my antics however jeff's minder was all about getting us into the 21 and over club and i think at one point beth was like i washed my hands of this situation
2: yeah 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 oh I yeah I, like, I remember that she was
0: like i will not be a part of this and i was like See ya, Beth. Like I was like, I'm 16. I don't give a shit. I'm going into mannequins.
2: Oh my god. Like, yeah, and they were. There was one of one of the guys. One of the minder guys had a beer one time at lunch. Do you remember oh, that? Yes. And Dude. somebody told on yes. him. And, told him and him he got him him, He got in trouble. Big time. He, yeah, it was a weird. Th- I spent a lot of that time in the hotel room by myself, like Elvis Presley, with all the lights off and the air cranked to like 55 degrees i was reading helter skelter at I the time this. and i just wow. laid in bed and read helter skelter and was like i'm just gonna stay here because otherwise i got this lady like glued on i can't you know oh, like, you... we're trying
0: to get her out and she's like you know what i'm good and i'm like oh my god she's depressed she's just reading helter skelter in her hotel room i think we have to kidnap her <laughs> but then like jeff wanted to make out so i was like bye
2: oh my god.
1: i know i'm so, the worst yeah. wait did you audition for step-by-step Step, or was it an offer
2: Ooh, no, I didn't. It was an offer, yeah, because it was the same producers as Going Places, and I remember Going Places was a, was an ill fated show that was on for one season. It had Heather Locklear. Oh right! Oh um, wow! Was, yeah. It was about a bunch of like young single people living in a fabulous house that they would never be able to afford in real life on for you know for the jobs that they had, and then. Um, yeah, it was two guys and two girls living together in this house. And I was the neighbor girl whose parents were always traveling and working. And I was just this kind of lonely kid. And that I would just kind of come next door to, like, hang out with these cool people, you know, and whatever. Give them an opportunity to be, I guess, likable people that right. are nice <laughs> to the, the little girl <laughs> next door who's kind of lonely. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember screen testing for that or testing, whatever you call it. Um, and then, yeah, they offered they step offered. by step. to and do you...
1: Anything anyway. that you were offered that you've turned down that you regret now?
2: <laughs> um, oh, Twin geez. Peaks. No. <laughs> oh, oh, are you kidding? I would have died. That was I loved that show. I I could wait back. for those May. episodes to come out. And I would just be hanging, just dying waiting. <laughs> um, no, I was never offered any part of Twin Twin Peaks at all. Um I'd have to think about that. I mean, there's there's definitely been things where I Looked back at it and was like, "Oh, huh, that turned out to be something other than (laughs) what it seemed like when I read it." Um, But nothing, nothing life, nothing life changing. I don't think. I mean, nothing that really, that really stands out. By the Um, way, if you haven't seen the movie Lisa, I highly recommend it. Stacey's in it. Thank you. It's from the late '80s. You made that '89. I think I was. I think I turned 14 while we were shooting. It's like a
0: scary movie but somehow I watched it when I was like 8, 9 and I became obsessed with. It. It's like a horribly scary movie, but I loved it. Yeah, so. it's
2: about a girl who starts like her mom's really strict. Lisa's mom is really strict, played by Cheryl Ladd, and Cheryl Ladd got pregnant very young with her daughter and she doesn't, you know, does not want her daughter having going down that path and sends her to Catholic school and all this kind of stuff, so she's very strict and she's not allowed to date or do anything Sounds with her like friends. My so then Lisa and her little friend kind of run amok and they start um prank calling prank calling all these guys and kind of playing around on the phone and Lisa has this persona that she she has this kind of phone voice that she puts on and she's this like sexy lady on the phone like she's kind of pretending to be her mom because her mom is the beautiful and glamorous Cheryl Ladd Um, So then one of the guys that she just randomly starts prank calling is a a serial killer, killer, turns out. And he's terrorizing the city and killing all these women. And, of course, I'm calling him and having all these, you know, sexy chats with him, not knowing, you know, that he's who he is. So then and he has some like, you know, the tab, the newspapers have given him. I forget what his name. They've given him one of those killer names. He's like the
0: the, oh, the silk stocking yeah. killer
2: or something like that yeah, yeah and then he ends up at the end of course the big what we've all been waiting for is he of course comes to get lisa and her mom and it's an epic battle to the death this of the future. yeah 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 of lisa and her mom mm-hmm. like t- just fighting it out to the death with this guy and who's gonna come out on top the serial killer or are these two gonna survive this encounter
1: so let's go back for a second. Step by step gets canceled, yeah. but then picked up again right. by another network.
2: Well, did is that did they cancel it, or we just – I don't really remember. ABC decided that they
0: were done – their whole lineup was sort of – they were transitioning, right? So they had had this TGIF lineup, and it had worked very well for them for a number of years, and they decided we're going a different direction. All the shows are kind of done, and we're not going to re-up that programming. And CBS was like, actually – We're thinking about doing a Friday night lineup because we feel like we've missed that boat. And if you guys aren't going to do anymore, we'll take it. So then they took us for a year and we were just on it for a year. But I
2: can't remember who even we were paired with. I don't either. But there was supposed to be a big – I mean, we all – I think we all kind of knew – it was called like the the CBS Friday Night Block Party or something. Yeah, like exactly. Right, right, right. And then yeah, so I think everybody kind of guessed that there probably wasn't going to be another season. So there was a there was a few episodes at the end of the season where my character was going to marry her boyfriend Rich, and there was going to be a big, huge wedding. Played at by Jason Marsden. Yes, yes, Jason Marsden. It was going to be at the house, and that was going to kind of be this really sweet ending of the show mm-hmm. and I mean we were planning this thing like a wedding like yeah. I had a vision board in my dressing room
1: stop yes. Hold no seriously on. at
2: the direction of the wardrobe the costumers they wanted me to make this vision board of all the dresses that i liked we went wedding dress shopping oh it was God. hardcore it was gonna be this like but it was gonna be the end of the show it was the end of the show right. so you, you know? knew that
1: you were only picked up for a season is that what yeah, it
2: was well, i think we just guessed that, that there wasn't gonna be another one yeah. that it was a safe guess yeah so this was gonna be yeah this really nice kind and of we kind end. of all
0: sort of had that feeling so it was like okay cool there's gonna be a wedding at the end it's
2: gonna it be was like- your maid of honor well, it was this it the was sisters. these two, of course. It was Lakin and Angela Watson, and we picked out their bridesmaids' dresses. They were in shades of champagne. Thank you very much. Which was really very nice like taste, fashion I forward feel. at the time. There was I gonna agree. be a champagne color, there was gonna be like a light, like topi, maybe a blush, I forget. They were all slightly different shades. Those were all bought and paid for, everything. And then instead of just waiting till the end of the season, they canceled us like three episodes short. So this like three episode arc or whatever it was going to be of like, okay, they're getting married. Now we're planning the wedding. And then the the grand finale, last episode wedding, we didn't get to do. And it was such a emotional glass of cold, just throw, Uh you know, cold water in the face to not get shot it
1: or you didn't even shoot. No, 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 but
2: we, no, but it was being planned kind of like a wedding. All of these things were, were purchased and planned in advance. So
1: who called, you get a call from your agent saying, Hey,
2: no, it, no, I think it was like a, a a
0: come to Jesus, like after notes one night or like, hey guys, we have something we need to say to everybody. I feel like it might have been I one of those. I don't remember
2: that. I just remember there was some this party. This is actually going to be
0: our last episode. And we were all like, what? In
2: I don't remember that. Th- th- I,
0: like, this is
2: the last one? There was a party on the lot. And it was all the like ER people, like ER was just, was shot just a few stages down from us. And there was all these people from these other shows, you know, George Clooney was probably like walking around in scrubs that was or something. So fun. You, I don't
0: know. Are you on the
1: Warner Brothers lot? Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. At the, at and they time, shot like two, it was like us, then, then the alleyway, then Family Matters, and then ER.
2: Right. And so everybody was there. And I remember see, walking in and seeing Patrick Duffy drinking a glass of wine. And I had never seen him drink ever. He joked about how he liked, you know, his wine or whatever, but I never saw him drink. And when I saw that glass of wine in his hand, I was like, "Oh no, something is wrong." And that's, I feel like, when I found out, maybe I think Patrick told me oh, maybe. at that party. I so don't, I don't know
1: that notes night. Let's say that was the last time you showed up to work. I
2: just
0: no, no. I just remember hearing it and feeling like it wasn't like a. I remember hearing it and being like, "Wait, huh?" And it was the episode I think that we were shooting the following week was going to be the last. Got it. So, it but it was quick. It was like we had like a five day notice or something. It wasn't even like normal jobs that, that give you like a the two worst week notice. Ever. Yeah, oh, and they couldn't terrible.
2: just they couldn't just let the season end. And it wasn't like we had twenty more episodes to do. There was two or three more that were going to be this wedding arc. Like, just give us an this ending. Was sad. Yeah, you know? and for the fans <laughs> and
0: for the well,
1: fans now, to have ta- a real end. Is
0: there talks about doing a reunion? everybody asks me that. Like, I get that more, that question probably more than anything else. I mean,
2: I don't see why I, I mean, I know you don't think so. I don't see why not. <laughs> I think Patrick and Suzanne would totally do I it. I think Patrick and Suzanne
0: would do it. If we could work out, you know, if you could work on the weekends, um, yes. <laughs> for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know, Stacey has a completely different career now. Yeah, but we're going
1: to get to that. I'm not done with this career. Oh,
0: oh okay. All right. <laughs> Cause I want, no, I want to hear
1: what happened after. So, like- you did start doing features and stuff, right?
0: Oh, like directly well, after we finished.
1: Yeah. So. Oh.
2: Yeah. I mean there was um
1: step by steps over. What age are we at
0: now?
2: I I was nineteen. In my early twenties. Yeah. Okay, so I was in my first year of college, yeah, I was
0: nineteen.
1: You had finished college already?
2: No, I didn't go until Lakin and I were at UCLA together actually. But I didn't go right after I graduated high school. I I didn't think I was going to go. I applied to Yale. And Yale was the only school I was going to leave my job for. I did not get into Yale. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going. And then I had a boyfriend at the time who convinced me belatedly that I should go. So I was just like, okay, I think you're right. So I applied to UCLA, started UCLA. And I think there was only one season yeah, one season of the show where I was trying to be in school and do, and it was at the very end and try to do it at the same time, and it just wasn't working. So I kind of deferred and then went back and finished. And then yeah, we were together there for at least a couple years, and then graduated. Basically, still auditioning
1: and still working in the business at that time too.
2: Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I was, but I, I was, but I was also like, oh, I've been working f- f- my whole life. I mean, cause, yeah, because I started when I was four, and I just. You know, and step-by-step step with seven years. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. That's Lakey's um, baby there, Georgia.
1: She's the worst baby ever. <laughs> She's terrible. I'm
2: kidding. <laughs> I'm her worst godfather ever. She's, yeah. <laughs> That's her laughing and laughing in the background. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I had a holding deal with those same producers for a year or something. And oh, yeah, that was that was one thing. Yeah, they offered me the part of they were doing some show with the Olsen twins (laughs) where, you know, it's the dad and then there's a nanny to these two. He's a single dad, of course, and he has a nanny to the two twin girls and then, of course, they're going to fall in love—the nanny and the dad—and become a family in this whole thing. So they offered me the part of the nanny, and I was just kind of like, eh. "I mean, I, I felt like I had done that you show do already, that genre, but... yeah, for so long, and I didn't." So that was kind of what the holding deal—what came of it—and I didn't—I didn't take that. Maybe I should have. I don't know, but um, but yeah. So then, yeah, I was just auditioning, but I—I I mean, I didn't care that much. I was just having fun going to UCLA and being a full-time student and not really worrying about... And you're majoring it, in... Art history.
1: Okay. Yeah. Because this is where it gets all twisted. So then you finish UCLA. Right. And then what happens?
2: Um, I mean, yeah, I was auditioning... Nothing really, nothing really was happening. I just wasn't, I would do stuff here and there.
1: But there was a point in your career where you're like, I'm sort of like, okay, (laughs) I I don't want to do this anymore. Or do you still want to do it? Or are you? No,
2: there was a point. It it was just, there was a long time where it just wasn't good. Like I was auditioning for stuff. I wasn't booking things. Or you're auditioning for things where you, you know what, we've said this before a lot that like the
0: auditioning is the work. like the fun Fun. is getting the job. But then sometimes you would even get a job and you're like, is this life changing? Like I was just on a TV show for a really long time and yes, we all have to just kind of go job to job sometimes. But like even this job is like not that fun.
2: No, and I wasn't good at auditioning, I think. I think when I was a kid, I could do it because I just didn't care. I would walk into, you know, a network You know, the network audition is the last audition and I would walk into network like eating a piece of pizza and just I just didn't care at all about anything. And then now as an adult, i that maybe made a difference because now I cared and I just couldn't audition anymore. I was just really bad at it. And it was it was terrible, you know, and then the jobs I was getting, a lot of them were just I did some terrible movies i mean I, I, I did a movie and then went to the screen at the casting crew screening and walked out of the screening it was it was <laughs> oh un- God. it was unwatchable what movie was that? i don't i don't want to say if you if you look it, it's this. i haven't done that many movies if you look on i m d b you're you, it'll you be pretty easy figure to figure it out, it out but okay,
1: well, what's i your, walked out was it was your that worst audition bad. ever
2: you know I thought about that knowing that your stage show we were going to ask you that was <laughs> was the worst audition um Oh, boy, it's I, I couldn't narrow down. I mean, the one that comes to mind actually was one where you were supposed to. Hi, that's Georgia saying hi. Hi. Oh, hi. Um, <laughs> that's her big line, apparently. Hi. Um, so, yeah, they were looking for like the hot girl, you know, the mm-hmm. pretty girl. So I got all dolled up and I had this dress and it was like a short dress that was like that was low in the front. And I had the high heels and I was all done up. And they did that thing where they, you know, there's the waiting room and that at a certain point, they bring you bring you back and have you stand outside of the room that you're going to be doing the audition in. So I'm standing there by myself, just kind of up against the wall, you know, waiting to go into this room and somebody else, you know, somebody else is in there and facing me. There's this you know, assistant or somebody at a desk. And she's, she's probably around my same age. And, you know, she's dressed for a production office. She's wearing, you know, very comfy, very casual jeans and like a button down shirt and sneakers or something. And she's sitting at her desk and she's looking at me in this little tiny low cut dress with the heels and the whole thing. And she just kind of is staring at me and she's looking at me up and down. And then she goes, I don't know how you do it what? Wow! And I was like, oh, burn, you know, and, and I I mean, I, and I think I said to her, I I don't know how I do it either. And it was just one of those kind of like the terrible moments. And I, and I went in there and during that audition, I was reading and I remember, and they were taping it. And I remember looking up at one point and the director was this kind of like middle-aged guy. And he was hunched over. He had his hand on his forehead, and he was just massaging his temples. Like oh, this is the most painful audition I have ever seen. Like just he he looked like he just wanted to kill himself, listening to me read this scene. And I, it was just it was one of those ones. I mean, it wasn't a big cataclysmic, but there was you know event. But there was just a few moments in there where I was just you know. And after ooh. something like that, it's kind of like
0: there are moments sometimes when you know I've said this to myself I'm in a waiting room and I'm like I don't feel like I belong here I didn't feel like I wanted to even audition for this when I read it but I felt obligated to do it and so I put I put on my shoes and I put my makeup on and I went to work and you get there and you feel like a fraud and then it just gets worse actually as you get into the room it doesn't get better but it, it just right. it doesn't it doesn't get better. You no, know what okay, I mean? Like
1: uh, every just so you can, I'll give you a little perspective on my end. Every job I've booked, and I'm telling you, every single one of them, the director has walked up to me and said, "I had to fight for you." <laughs> oh God! Every <laughs> single thank one. Thank you so much thank for that. I <laughs> had to fight for you.
0: But and you know there and there's so many like indignations with it you know because you're just at the mercy of other people all the time and whether they're having a good or bad day or whatever it is but the fact is you've probably spent at least an hour or two reading the script and then preparing the lines or maybe getting coached and then at least another hour or two getting ready and driving yourself down there and you know so for you it's like sometimes it's a day or two investment into. One audition to have someone just sort of like dismiss you. And it can get kind of like. Crazy making. Well, <laughs> and, and it's the a hard, number, you know, that's the work. That's the hard stuff. Nobody talks
2: about. Right? Yes, it's a lot. And the number of times that you're sitting there in the waiting room waiting, and as you're doing that, there's a casting assistant calling, offering the part that yeah. you're auditioning mm-hmm. for to Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. And and then <laughs> any number of pe- they're making multiple offers to mm-hmm. multiple people for what you're auditioning for, and they don't even have the decency to not do it in your face right. as you're sitting right. there. And yes, you've driven to Venice at four o'clock on a Thursday and you've, you know, you've got the outfit on and you've gotten coached for it at, you know, three fifty for half an hour or whatever it is. I mean, not that anyone out there is going to be, you know, shedding a tear for, for actors, but there are some pretty depressing moments, and bleak parts. Well, sometimes. it's also,
1: and as an actor, I don't know if you do this, but I know you do and I do it and I'm assuming you will too, is the, it's the car ride home. From Ugh. the audition, where you're going through the audition over and over in your head, and you're reauditioning,
2: and now you're out actually loud. doing it well, and you're doing well, it amazing. Yeah. When you were in there; it was terrible. You're amazing, and now you're just you're kicking doing amazing, ass. and totally.
1: it's always on the way home. And you're like every single line, every beat. Did you love school?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. She's a
0: smarty pants. Let's be honest.
2: Well, thank you. Secret nerd. So is Lakin, 100%. But yeah, I'm super, super into school. My sister and I were both really into it.
1: There's a moment where you're like, I'm going back to school.
0: When you're also like getting doing well in school and enjoying it. And it's kind of like, really four o'clock on a Friday to go in for something that I really don't think I'm right for. Like, fuck this. Well,
1: I'm also segueing because you majored in art history and your career is not art history.
2: Yeah, because when I went to um, when I went to school, went to college, I I wanted to just enjoy it. And it wasn't. I, it wasn't something I was going to need to get a job out of, you know, because after working my whole life, I just wanted to pick a major that was fun that I liked. And I no, no matter how impractical it was and art history is highly impractical. It was a bunch of like well-dressed white ladies sitting around looking at pictures in class to get, I mean, that's, it was very enjoyable though. <laughs> it was very fun, very fun and very cool. And UCLA has a great program. Anyhow, um, so yeah, so that's why art history is just because it was fun. And I did all fun things. Like I studied abroad in South Africa. I studied abroad in Barbados.
1: Where in South Africa were you? It's very
2: important reasons to go to the Caribbean. For Mostly the water. A, a semester. Yes. But, but we're
1: in South Africa. I'm sorry. We're in South Africa.
2: Um we, we didn't go to Cape Town, but we were most of the time in Johannesburg. We went to Pretoria. We went on Safari. Okay. Yeah, because
1: I spent like three months in Cape Town. But <sighs> I went to Joburg a little bit and I was
2: frightening. It's scary there. Yeah, it was a little, you know, they did the thing where the first day we were there, the prof- it was a professor accompanying this group of about 14 of us, and we were there to study the history of South Africa. So the day that we arrived on the bus, he... Pulls out this article about like you know a rape and murder of somebody oh, in the area and, and just warning us not. To, I mean I don't know I don't know. It, it, I didn't feel particularly unsafe there, but I, I loved South Africa. Yeah, was, I South Africa is life
1: changing for those of yes. you who are listening that have never been. If you can it's go, amazing. go.
2: It is gorgeous. Yeah. It is so beautiful. The people are so. Every person you meet is like oh yes I speak twelve languages of course. Yeah. The cab driver speaks twelve languages and it's it's. If you go to Europe, sometimes you feel that small country feeling where you just it's just feels so claustrophobic mm-hmm. and south africa i f- maybe is like the states i mean you go there and it's just a big country and it just feels big and open and it's so beautiful
1: all right so then what year are we in now <laughs>
2: <Really>? <laughs> early early 2000s okay so Yeah. But the misery continued for a long time. It was very hard for me to finally cut, you know, cut bait on this because it was, you know, the headshots. Yeah. Getting the headshots, going to acting class because it was the only thing I knew how to do. And so now here I am, this adult, I have kind of a useless degree sort of on purpose. I have no professional experience except for acting. Um, and so I it, it really dragged out for a long time for me to decide that I didn't want to do it anymore. And it just had to be a lot of bad jobs, depra- you know, bad auditions, you know, a long time of just being just really down about it to finally pull the plug.
0: And then?
2: When you did. So then when I did, yeah, I just I was in acting class. I was sitting in acting class. I did a scene from a play called Mauritius, which was a great play. Anyway, I must say, I chewed up the scenery. I kicked ass in this scene. It was very dramatic. And after it was over, I said, that is it. That is the last scene i will ever do that is the last act this is the last act i will ever take it's a great play i really really cannot recommend it enough even if you just want to read it it's excellent but basically it's about these two sisters um one sister went away because she she was a half sister and she had a wealthy side of the family so they scoop her up and take her away to be Raised in this very nice environment, and I stay behind. and it's not it's unspoken, but this character has a really traumatic, horrible childhood. And then, and the parents are they're getting sick and they're dying, and she stays there taking care of everybody, anyhow. So she's left at the end. The parents are gone, you know, in this crappy house uh, that she's left with. And the one valuable thing that they own, they have this book of stamps that contains some extremely valuable stamps. And this is going to be her ticket out of this awful life that she's had. (laughs) 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 That is Georgia with her, um, one of her toys.
1: (laughs) And Christine does it again.
2: Sorry, 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 the
1: worst sorry. podcast ever. <laughs> so, um.
2: Right, so that's going to be her ticket out. Anyway, so the other sister comes back from her nice life. You know, the parents have died. She comes back for the for the funeral or whatever. And she, she claims the stamps as her own. And so it's this epic. Oh, wow. And the, the, it's called Mauritius because one of these extremely Mauritius. rare, valuable stamps is a, is a stamp. It's from Mauritius. Anyway, um, so there's just this epic battle to the death between these two sisters and all that resentment, you know, of one being stuck in that life and one being whisked away. And the nerve of her to show up and, and say, this is these are mine, you know. Um, Ooh, meaty yeah so it's it's the big dramatic, dramatic scene between scenes. the two sisters where it's based it is the fight to the death between the two of them, um over everything um and the
0: most dramatic rose ceremony.
2: Yes, it was very dramatic, and I so said that's you, it. You I'm nailed done. the
1: scene in class,
2: I must say I did, yes. and then
0: you're like, adieu,
2: <laughs> yep. Seen And did everyone in class know Were you kind
0: of like, that's it, I won't be back. No, That was more of a personal... Yeah, it was just an internal
2: thing. Yeah, and I wanted to go back to school forever because I do love school, but what can you do in art history except get a PhD, which will take you 12 years, and then your options are to be a curator, and there's like three of those jobs ever, like in the entire world. Right. Or you can be a scholar, a professor, which it just that wasn't it's how are you going to do 12 years of school for that you know it just didn't seem the the economics of it just didn't seem to work out so then I thought oh and I think it was also in that moment where I was like I know what I will do I will go to law school it's very short it's only three years (laughs) instead of 12.
1: Wait law school short?
2: Three years yeah.
1: I don't want to go to law school.
2: Okay you can't you're not you can't go to law school. Why can not I get a law school? Sure you can the accelerated program is two years if you want to be crazy. Can I get some
0: cheat cheats from no me? <laughs> there's <laughs> no
2: cliff notes
0: in law school yeah and then
2: if you do the no. slow route the night school it takes four years so I did the traditional I'm applying
0: to fucking law school tomorrow what oh, is okay a, very what, short where do I
2: apply you have to first you have to do the LSATs good yeah. luck do the <laughs> yeah you do the LSATs um,
0: I'll just I'll just go ahead and brag for Stacey because she won't do it for herself but this one took the LSATs not only got into several law schools of her choosing, but then also got scholarships. I mean, when we talk about like smarty pants, a, she's, a, she's a smarty pants. And oh. I see. Good. Here's you're the thing. Me. Here's
1: the thing about law school. This is why I'm obsessed with law school as well. I'm not going, don't worry, Christine. I'm not going into law school. <laughs> God, tomorrow, I think you are going to
0: talk about the OJ trial. No, no, again. I'm going to get
1: there. But um, I think actors. Our our lawyers are definitely actors, right? Well, you
0: have to be. I think you have to have a flair for. You have to be able comfortable presenting in front of, well, you facts have, in front of. It's theatrical. A theory, right?
1: There's there's a there is there are moments to the, you know, of theater in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Whether yes. so when whether you're defending a defendant or you're or Prosecuting. the Prosecuting, you, know, you know, there's and you have an audience. You have a live audience, so. You've got to convince this audience that your client is either innocent or guilty, correct? Yeah. So there's a whole acting. So this is like a perfect transition for an actor, I think.
0: Yeah. Or I say to my husband, a therapist, because Mm. I actually think that that is also just because you've done a lot of kind of your own research through the years on what makes certain characters tick. And I think that it kind of like goes hand in hand with wanting to know more about people.
2: So, yeah, I think both, both I think both of those, they do. Now there's a lot of lawyers that are, that never go anywhere near a courtroom. Um, Many, many types of law where it's, that's not part of it, but I happen to be, um, yeah, in a courtroom intensive scenario.
0: (laughs) Here's, I got a question for you. And I think you, you've told me this in the past, but like now that you are in your career, and you've done all of your interning and you are, you know, you're working. Has there ever been a moment where someone has recognized you and tried to, like, say on the opposite side and, like, tried to, you know, use it against you? Like, oh, yes. I know that girl's an actress.
2: Yes. Actually, the first trial that I ever did, um, just for the record here, I'm a prosecutor, Um and that's what that's the only kind of law I've ever practiced but the first trial that I ever did first jury trial the other the defense attorney made the theme you know you'll have themes um that emerge in a trial you know it's one of it's part of the training that you get you know that you you want to have a theme that you start in voir dire which is the jury selection process you kind of introduce this theme and then mm-hmm. you touch upon it again in opening and you expand on it so and like then, a theme would be something like um Like an infidelity or a... Like right. A- so one that people use, for example, for a DUI. So and maybe it's a DUI where there's nothing dramatic. There isn't a crash, nobody's been hurt, nobody's been killed, somebody got stopped at a checkpoint, they're a .09 or whatever, and you're trying to get your jury to care about this, or you're trying to somehow engage them in in facts that aren't that interesting. Mm-hmm. So some you know, I haven't used this one, but somebody'll just say, like, it's it's about choices. You know, this person oh, okay. had a choice to get behind the wheel or not, or whatever. Um so so then you would talk about choices in voir dire and then you, you know, you bring it right. up in opening and then maybe in your direct of one of the officers, you talk about, you know, maybe you you use that word again and you kind of drop it in there. And Got then it. in closing, you touch upon it again. So anyway, this guy made his theme step by step. Stop it. Yes, he you're did. kidding me. I'm not kidding. Oh,
1: my God. Did he know that you didn't get to do the wedding episode? <laughs>
2: No, and were you just like sitting there, like
0: you, motherfucker?
2: Yeah, he talked about you know step by step. This investigation was a failure, and step by step, the police failed to do what they should have done to blah blah blah. And step by step, you know this officer. Whatever you know, failed to. He is Dana fostering a lot of witnesses. <laughs>
1: wait a minute. So wait, you're sitting. Okay, you're sitting. I'm, I'm picturing the courtroom. Right. This is this is pre-trial. This is jury. This is what is this?
2: We're in front of a jury, and this is his theme. And so in his closing, I don't remember if he used it in opening, but in his closing, he kept going. That was the, that little ditty, and you know, happened? step by step. Like, he kept going you back like to it.
1: Literally going. Is there an objection or what are you doing?
2: No, I I just had, you know, tried to have no, no reaction. I mean, a big important part of that job is poker face a lot of the times. And if he had seen me be, it was his first trial too. We were laughing about how it was our, it was our first, you know, and it was our, both of us our first. Um, And, uh, and yeah, so no, I don't, I don't think I tried to not react, but my face is pretty, my face kinda goes high speed. A lot of times it gets ahead of me and then I have to try to rein it in after it's too you know, it's already done its whole routine. But um And did you say
0: anything like to the judge? Were you like this isn't appropriate? Can you say anything or did he say like, you know, I know who she is and there she's like, you know, influencing the jury one way or another?
2: No, I don't remember there be- I don't think I objected to it because if you didn't know, you Right. You wouldn't it, I mean, it was a theme that made good enough sense, you know. She's on his he, was so a, he was
1: doing a subconscious. He was, no, he p-
2: was doing it on purpose. I uh, know,
1: but he, for the jury, he oh. was saying it so that they would like, tri- it would trigger.
2: I think he was just having a goof, really. No, I think, I think he was you're was just... wrong, Stacey. <laughs> you do?
1: I'm sorry to tell you, I watch a lot of court. I mean, I watch Nancy Grace. Oh,
2: okay. Oh, okay. Bombshell. So he was trying to mess with me?
1: 100%. He was messing with the jury. He was planting in their head. Is what was happening You were a rookie then honey Rookie (laughs) (laughs) Yes absolutely Well
2: I mean So you're saying he thought That would hurt my case
1: No I think what it would uh, You know what if anything, it probably would have helped your case.
2: That's right. I mean, okay. I don't know. Oh, I, you're good not. at this. Unless you, I mean, totally you just changed. went from your rookie yeah, to your good in a jur- matter I of like <laughs> 0.5 seconds. I could have
1: been a juror just now and like, oh, she switched. She switched me.
2: <laughs> 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 well, then there was another guy who did. Um, he did a motion for a new trial after you know we did this trial together. His guy was convicted. <laughs> ah that's Georgia again Um, and afterwards we came out of the courtroom and one of the jurors asked to take a picture with me she said she recognized me and whatever and she was like I want this picture I'm going to put it on Facebook like it's so cool that you know whatever um and then when we came back for sentencing, he submitted a motion for a new trial on that basis Ugh. saying, you know, this juror never said because they ask all the jurors at the beginning of every voir dire. Do you recognize any of the people in the courtroom, whether it's the oh, court reporter, any of the attorneys, right. the deputy, anybody? And she had said no. And. Um, and she did say outside, I didn't, she was like, I thought I went to high school with you, right? You get that a lot too, yeah, right? right? Like, so and, that happens yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. So she was like, it wasn't until, you know, halfway through the trial and it was hearing your voice. It was the voice. And then that's when I finally figured it out. But he kind of framed it as, well, she recognized her the whole time. She purposely didn't say anything. She stayed on the jury. And then she was probably back there advocating for the prosecutor because, you know, she recognizes her from some TV show or whatever. Um, that motion was denied there was no new trial and there was no evidence that 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 it affected the trial no
0: what um, that's crazy though
1: you don't have to tell me what the trial was but have you done any high profile trials
2: No. I mean, I'm still pretty new. I've been a lawyer for almost four years. So um, I haven't, I've done a lot of misdemeanors. Got it. um, And I've done some felony stuff, but I mean, no, I mean, I had one case out in Riverside because I was at Riverside County. Now I'm closer to home. Um, But yeah, there was a case. It was still a misdemeanor, but it was a kid um, at UCR who planted a camera, a hidden camera in the dorm ladies' room. Ew. And then captured a lot of girls who were his friends even coming out. You know, it's a communal, so they right. take a shower and then they come out and they might be nude and they're changing and they're getting dressed and they're doing all this. Um, and that got some, that got some coverage. Right, right.
1: As I guess like, it would. What is the ratio of trial wins like, what's the percentage that you've had? Yeah. <laughs> what's
2: my record? Yeah, uh, right now I'm at fifteen, three, and one. So, fifteen guilty, three not guilty, one hang. So, nineteen total.
1: Oh lord! I, hope I don't get in front of you. <laughs> I'll be in trouble.
2: But yeah. to be fair, I was in Riverside County for a lot of that time, and I, the Riverside uh, County jury pool, I think, is a little more um, law enforcement friendly. A little more conservative than this county. This county, oh, being LA county. So I, right. so my my record, I think, will probably change now, now that I'm in front of LA juries.
1: Let's say tomorrow you got offered a lawyer role on like a
0: like a CSI like criminal C- mind, yeah, on a network
1: show like the C- Bull. Would you do? Would you go back?
2: I don't know. It. I, I just. All of the the stuff about worrying how you look all the time, I don't miss that at all. Because oh, okay. I would be sitting here going, "I need to lose ten pounds. My teeth are not white enough. I'm probably wrinkly. I should probably get fillers <laughs> or something. Um, what else? Just all of that. I, I'm just the so vanity. I mean, and I'm vain enough as it is, but to have but to you go look to that exactly extreme, the, the same. same. I know it's like
1: crazy. Like Thank I'm you, surprised but... that more courthouses. Well, it depends. Also, it's generational, obviously, because you're. Definitely in a specific time um, that you were on TV all the time during a a certain time period, but you look exactly the same. Like that's
2: crazy that
1: you would even think that way. But I get it. But I mean, the passion, like the acting bug, is it is it still in you, or you are you doing it through law?
2: Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, look, if I could just work and not have to audition for stuff and have... Because part of the problem is when you have a job like we had on Step by Step where we were so happy, we were such a great group, we got along so well, we... And it's such a—I mean—a job does not get any better than that. And when no. you have it for seven years, I mean, I
1: can't imagine the craft service,
2: every everything about it. Yeah, just the nicest people yeah. from the top down. Um, It's—I mean, unless it was going to be like that again, I, you know, and yeah. I don't—I don't, I don't want to do projects where I walk out of the cast and crew screening because it's that unwatchable either. Yeah, you know, there's that too. Right.
1: Have you been? I mean. Like I mean, I can't imagine like Lifetime like their m- movie of the week. Like I would be like, you would be a dream come true. She's a lawyer. She's <laughs> like, are you writing at all? I mean, like,
2: no. Come mm-hmm. on, Stace. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have thought about you know maybe it's down like the, the grinder line. but in
0: reverse.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's the grinder? The Grinder's that mm-hmm. Rob Lowe, yeah. um, Fred Savage show. Oh yes, where yeah. he's like played a lawyer for so long, but now he's like really trying to be a lawyer, but he like has yeah. zero credentials, but nobody cares, right? He's wow. the grinder.
2: Yeah, maybe. I think um, it got
0: canceled, did it? I don't know. I don't oh. know. looked that
2: up. Well, yeah, I thought maybe at some point, if you know, once I have you know lots and lots of lawyering experience, maybe to do, you know, that like legal analysis type of stuff on. You know, court TV or one of those, or, or something. You know, where yeah. they bring somebody in to give a legal, legal perspective on whatever mm-hmm. the story is. But at that point, I mean, with this HD, like, I, no, I don't want to be an HD, and <laughs> oh, especially stop. ten years from now, um, no way, really, seriously. Like that, that concerns me because I'll probably be just too long in the tooth at that point. She's like a drunk this one, I know, Georgia. She's, really she's, tired, she's just I think. constantly like staggering around, falling down.
1: I mean, would you take her to court?
0: <laughs>
2: this
1: one? No, Christine, for being a bad mom.
2: Hey, no, <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> so rude. Um,
0: yeah. It is, though. It is, it is kind of shocking and terrible. I mean, I, I, you know, we just did a bunch of press for Hollywood Darlings, and I ended up seeing some of it, and some of it was in HD, and I, I mean, and I had. Mm, a good, like, half pound of makeup on. Um, and I was still, like, horrified by the HD. Yeah, it's I was not, like, no. Oh, you have no. to get over
1: that. It's just, that's something you're going to have to get no, over. No, that's,
0: that's the life now.
1: Um, you're, you know, come on.
0: For those of you who haven't seen it, Stacey Keenan and Patrick Duffy both do an episode of Hollywood Darlings. It's very funny.
1: Oh yeah, so you brought but you played yourself.
0: I played myself. I keep roping them back into the project. Yeah, Laken,
1: project.
2: she keeps roping us. So you us said in. yes to what was why? Like this why? podcast. I did. Why? Because <laughs> it was it was Laken. i what am I going to do? Say no. I mean, of course I'm going to do it and and, but even then, I would it have was understood very if you had, had
0: said no, though, by the way. Well, I would have been like, she's very busy, you guys. She can't.
2: Oh, no. I mean, it was super fun, and it's Lakin. Um, but it was nerve-wracking. I was like, I haven't done this in so long. It was improv, which, I mean, you said that's your strong point. I, I took one Groundlings class, which I was promptly told to repeat, of course. Like, <laughs> I, f- I basically failed the class. So, I, you know, and it was just so ner- The whole time, I'm like, oh, my God, how do I look? I probably look fat. I probably look wrinkly my teeth, whatever. And I, I'm not good at improv. I'm probably not funny like the whole the whole thing I mean it was it was worth it to see this one and to see Patrick Duffy but and even now when I think back on it I'm like oh my god was it horrible I don't know (laughs) it's really
0: funny because the thing that's so great is I think what fans will love is to see all of us together of course and then I mean I'm uh, you know in that show I'm I'm always kind of the butt of the joke I'm always someone who everyone else is normal and I'm completely abnormal and nuts so I'm happy you know I'm fine being that I just want to fire a few <laughs> things version of out myself.
1: At you. Worst date ever.
2: <sighs> oh,
0: and you I'm might not have any. I'm just going to ask. Stacy and her now husband have been together for
2: 19, 19 years. And is he
1: in the business?
2: He is actually. He um he's a filmmaker. If I can, I will plug his movie. It's Alistair 1918, available on Amazon Prime. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you can see it on Vimeo. Um, It's a great time travel movie um so yeah he's an actor he's a filmmaker but i mean we've been together so long that he came to the set of step by step yeah
0: that's like I, that's when i first met him
1: oh wow yes so it's sort of like a high school sweetheart kind of thing
2: almost yeah almost, yeah yeah but yeah we've been together for a long time and then we eloped in august and then we had a party back here in la in february you mean this
1: past august yes, yes. You were together for that long, and you're just now getting married? Yes,
2: yeah. yeah. We didn't even live together for 10 years.
1: Why Why all of a sudden? What, what I mean, what was the change?
2: Um, you know, we just started talking about, you know, for so long we didn't want to get married because we were afraid it would change things in a bad way, and then we started to, like, I guess we thought it was the secret of our success that we weren't married, and then at a certain point we... we
1: you're like Joy Behar.
2: What do you mean?
1: <laughs> she waited like 20 some years before she got married to She did. Yeah, to Steve.
2: Oh wow. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um well, yeah. So then we started to think, what if it actually would make things better? Which we, that had never occurred to us. And it, it has, surprisingly. Yeah. Did you take his it name? It is different in a weird no. way. No. Because I've never even had my own name. Yeah. Keenan is not my real name. Oh, what's your I real name? I had another name? St- stage she name a, before that. A legal, other
0: legal name. She's just
2: for professional reasons. Oh, yes. got it. Right. Got it. But, uh, you know, and then when I first started acting, it was Stacey Love. That's my middle name.
0: Shut up.
2: Yes. But then Michael Jacobs, when I got my two- Dad's, he said Stacy Love is a stripper. Yeah. This twelve year old <laughs> cannot have that name. Although, I mean, it's my mom's maiden name, that's her family name. It's a name. Her dad her, her her I mean, come on, her mom's name yeah. was Kitty Love. That was her real name. I
1: love a kitty love. And her
2: dad's name was Will Love. Yeah. I mean, this Will was a love, real family, kitty love, you know. Stacey
1: Love. Yes. Love the loves. Love right,
2: the and love. she actually, my mom went to high school. Actually, not just high school. It was K through 12, the same Catholic school with the love twins. And because, Oh, my God. <laughs> and because where her name was, like, one of them was, like, Amelia, and the other one was, like, Tatiana or something, and my mom was Jacqueline, she would be between them in the yearbook every year. Oh, how funny. Anyway, so love is a real last name, but to Michael Jacobs, that... Was not acceptable, so we had to come <laughs> up with something else. So, so we came up come, with.
1: Where did it come from then, Keenan?
2: So it was another family name was Keen, that Stacy Keen sounded like Stacy Keach, right? It sounded like Peachy Keen. It was just kind of had an annoying sound to it. So then we had really good family friends who were the Keenans. So we just went Keenan. Yeah, but nowadays I could use my real name, but it was too ethnic then as well. Yeah, because my last name is Sigorsky, which is Russian and was way too much for the 80s right um, we don't know how industry. to spell it there's too many letters right uh, that's yeah. so
1: crazy okay so so now so now you're married and you're right. are you living together now
2: well yeah we were together for 10 years <laughs> then we started living together we just eloped yeah, in it's August it's been a slow process I, I mean, it's been it's a like very really
1: like gradual like almost two
2: decades like, <laughs> you know process wow. and then so we had this party in February Ms. Lakeskins over here Gave a beautiful speech, which was very, very was precious really? memory for me. And you know, I, have, I, have a I, I, that give, she I definitely stole winged it. From no, like I winged it. It was off the cuff. But I'll have <laughs> to was,
0: see the footage because I, I, do. I remember speaking from the heart. I don't remember everything I said. That was
2: very was sweet and really funny fun and hilarious, <laughs> uh, in true Lake skins style. Yeah, Laken became and Lake Skins I mean, long ago. I love an oyster. Oh yeah, there. Yeah, there we had an oyster guy. Champagne guy. And oysters guys. Yeah, I mean, um, that can did really loosen a person up uh no we're from um the philadelphia area the main line of philadelphia and then we were you know coming to new york all the time to audition and we were taking the train to new york like five times a week it was getting ridiculous so then we moved to new york we lived in new york city we were there for almost four years like third grade to sixth grade for me and then what
1: school did you go to in new york when you were? a ps158
2: okay do you know that one?
1: No, because a lot of the actor kids like Lindsay Price,
2: mm.
1: she went they went to forget what the school was called, but it was like
2: some performing arts school. Yeah, it was
1: like a performing it wasn't a performing arts it was yeah, it was like especially for
2: kids that were working. Oh, yeah, there was one of those out here too. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like in the Oh, yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but there yeah, no, um, no. My sister went to LaGuardia. My sister went to the fame LaGuardia high, high. school.
1: Yeah, I have yes. friends that went there.
2: Yeah. Where did um, you live in New York? Well, yeah, we were completely broke. <laughs> okay. um, we lived. There was nowhere. We couldn't afford to live anywhere, so we moved in with my mom's first cousin, who was a professional dancer, and he had a an apartment, a huge apartment. It was a seven room. Apartment. What? With 12 foot hold on, but but there's a catch, a pretty Uh big catch. With 12 foot ceilings and hardwood floors. This was on 106th Street between Columbus and Manhattan. So at the time in the eighties, this was Spanish Harlem. It was a horrible area. Like I cannot begin to express to you. I mean, it was bad. Like people All the time would break into the lobby because, of course, the lobby door was locked. But people would break in, sell, buy and sell crack in the lobby, pee in the lobby. So there would be huge puddles of urine with the little tiny crack baggies floating in it that you would have to try to vault over to get (laughs) into the building.
1: Where's this story been? Um,
2: Yeah, it was it was there were cockroaches, there were rats there. We had mice. It was like what? Third grade third grade to sixth grade um because we couldn't afford to live anywhere so he i mean it was fine for him he was a grown man he paid four hundred dollars a month for this enormous apartment but it, the area was desperately bad um but like i said there was, we couldn't afford anything but to live with him and he somehow let his cousin and her little girls move in with oh him my gosh um so it, yeah, it was it was crazy. Actually, when Time Magazine broke the story about this new drug called crack, there was a picture on the cover of a crack house, and that crack house was across the street from our oh building. And all the neighbors were talking about it. It was our claim to fame like, "Hey, we're on, we're on Time Magazine." On time. It yeah, it was a really it was a really crazy time.
1: And did you book <laughs> wow. Were you doing theater in New York, or were you? I did
2: theater. I yeah, I did summer stock. I sang um, as a as a kid. I did tons of jingles. That was probably how, like we, probably how we survived mostly as a family was just on jingles because I would I did at that time. I mean now they just buy a Coldplay song, but at that time they would write a song. Mm -hmm. You know they would record this music and hire people to come in and sing. Mm -hmm. And you know if they needed a kid voice, I just I just booked. Tons of those Get jingles. Stacy Love. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. Then I had my, my golden My Little Pony gig for a while there. Um, but yeah, I did commercials. Yeah, print, everything. Did some TV. But then it seemed like the big jobs, like the TV shows, they were always hiring somebody in California. So we decided to come out for pilot season. And that pilot season... We got an apartment in North Hollywood. It was infested with lice. Oh, God. We were sleeping on the floor because the only way we could afford to get our stuff out was on that really slow truck where they, they, they put your stuff in the truck and then they make all the stops and they right. gradually unload right. it. So it takes months for your stuff to get there. So we were just sleeping on our clothes and towels on the floor, and we didn't know that the apartment was infested with lice, so we all got lice. Oh, god, that was nice. Um, and and then, yeah, then that pilot season, I there was my two dads, and there was two other shows that I tested for. And you know, they make you do that thing when you go to network, if they're going to bring you to network, they make you commit, right? To, you know, um, to which. Because they're not going to take you in n- first position. Right. And so there was another show that I was going to network on that was already picked up for 13. And My Two Dads was not picked up. So the, like my mom and my sister and I just kind of sat down and we read all the scripts. And we decided to make the commitment to My Two Dads, even though it was not picked up. And the other one was because it was the best you what the script. other one was? One of them was... Um, Juliette Lewis ended up doing it. It was the one with... Um, Oh gosh, it was it was another one with like a, a single dad, uh-huh. <laughs> and he has the kids, and he gets the nanny, but the nanny is a Latina lady, uh-huh. and then he, he he ends up falling in love with her, and they become a family. And I don't remember the name of the show, but Juliette Lewis was the daughter. Oh, wow!
0: But it didn't go past the thirteen.
2: No, it, it's it. it, oh, it I think it lasted a little bit, but it didn't last as long as my two dads. I, I don't think. Wow, what a gamble! Yeah, yeah. So we picked my two dads and. It ended up being... Especially,
1: like, you're sleeping on the floor, lice-infested apartment, <laughs> and you're, like, debating, like, do I go for the 13 episodes or right. go for a maybe-this-will-get-picked-up moment. That's yeah. a lot. That's it's a... Like... Your mom was very...
2: Yeah. My mom was very smart um, and a good good business person. And, yeah, we all agreed it was the best writing.
0: I will... I remember this about Stacy's mom. The... After we did the pilot or as we were doing the pilot up step by step and like, you know, I'm so green, it's like my literally my second time in Los Angeles ever. We're staying at like in like a suite somewhere where, you know, they Universal had Universal
1: Hilton. No,
0: they had to put us up because we yeah, we didn't live here. Yeah. So we went from like the Calabasas Hilton to like yeah. the Century Plaza Hotel in Century City, right. which is like a much nicer hotel, by the way. Um but like and like, I think it was the second or third day, and you know, here's my mom wearing her like windbreaker, like from Atlanta, probably with like a visor. You know, there's some kind of and Stacy's mom, like been there, done that. Hi, we've we were living with lice. Like, he <laughs> looks at my mother at some point and just says, she's like, well, don't get your hopes up. These things, it's just a pilot. These things rarely go. And just like walked away. And but it was sage advice. She meant it in a really like, don't move all your stuff. Don't uproot your life this may or may not this may be over in a week like it may not be anything even through like the first year it wasn't like the third year of the show that my parents are like hmm maybe we should make la a more permanent home um and like actually buy things and not rent everything so <laughs> but i mean you know so you do n- you, you remember never
1: know. what the what the part the other show was
2: yes so steven just found it it was of i course. married dora i married dora
1: I don't know
0: that. I don't know this (laughs) show.
1: (laughs) I I remember my two dads, and I remember I married Dora.
0: Well, see, once again, they made a great great decision. Wow. Okay, for anyone who is looking up I Married Dora, you should definitely take note of this. I'm assuming those are his three children, and that one's not the the nanny. nanny. Okay, she looks like she's 14. That must be Dora. (laughs) I'm a little confused. Wait, this starred, just so we all know, um Juliet Lewis. Yeah, she's really the most She's really the one that we Daniel Hugh Kelly, Elizabeth Peña, Juliet Lewis, Jason like the Horst. Knight writer guy.
2: Oh, yeah. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Peña. Yeah. Do you know you know her? Yeah, I know her. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Steven, um I need to bring you into this. Do you remember I, or are you too young to remember my two dads? Uh Don't
1: I remember lie. seeing it on TV as a kid, but it was definitely probably like already in repeats or whatever at that point. Because I, I cause that was, like, the... Yeah, I was...
0: Did you watch Step by Step? Mm-hmm. Don't
2: feel like you're obligated no, no, to No, no, I did. Yes, I I okay. mean, the, <laughs> the theme
1: song is still st- stuck in my head now. So. We'll
2: both cry if you say no, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, it's okay. I think I
1: only watched a few episodes, to be honest with you.
2: Well, you
0: were older. You were probably, like going out and doing things i was drinking
2: you weren't in our demo our demo was women 18 to 34 and children 2 to 17 so it was young moms with their kids mm-hmm. and we were usually the number two show in you that demographic statistics
1: yeah. it's so lawyer <laughs>
2: it's
1: like she just like fucking rebuts like she's like oh yeah <laughs> well, you are in our demo. And blah, 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 It's and, true, though. Uh, and guess what, Stacey? I object. I could have been in the damn demo. Don't.
2: Well, I object to you not watching our show. <laughs> well, I Retroactively, know, day, I really it, 20 though. years ago or whatever it was, I want you to get in your time machine and go back and watch the show, okay? Thank um, you.
0: <laughs> So this is where the podcast ends, and I know this is kind of odd, but we just had too much good stuff with her that we didn't know where to cut it off. And Literally, it's like a two-hour episode. So, lucky you, this is part one, and next week will be part two with the lovely, the amazing, the ubiquitous, the always surprising, and always enduring Stacey Keenan. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we enjoyed talking with her. Um, she's such a interesting and fascinating and very, very intelligent person. And uh, we loved having her on the show. So I hope you guys enjoyed this and um, more to come next week. Make sure you follow us at Worst Ever Podcast on Instagram. Worst Ever PC on Twitter. You can follow me, Christine Laken at Yo Laken on all social media and Alec Led at Alec Led. Hey, if you've had a worst ever experience, you have a question, you have a thought you want to love us, you want to hate us, whatever, I'm into it. Go ahead and email us at worsteverpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks again, as always, to our amazing producer and engineer, Stephen Ray Morris. Follow him at Stephen Ray Morris because he's super fancy and he does a lot of other people's super fancy podcasts and you may want to check those out too. Okay, have a good week or have a horrible week. If you do, email me. Bye.